Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're in episode 243. Glad you could join us. We got a bit of more of a uh, compact show this week, but we do have some good topics, so let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Sarai Zell. Sarai Zell. Who, who's, who's forgotten his push-to-talk button or has been struck by a meteor randomly. Because, you know, we are at the, the top tier of professionalism here. So I'm going to go down the list to bait. Well, I think what happened is uh, Zell froze to death, so uh, that's a shame. But uh, yeah, as Pucky said, my name is Bate. I am uh, I'm a co-host here on the show, a uh, college student, and uh, more of a regular Eve player now. What are you doing in Eve lately? Uh, mining. Uh, yeah, a little bit of mining. Uh, my uh, we favorite some, thing to do. Oh yeah, we went to Nullsec and had some shenanigans. Uh, trying to rescue a guy, so that was fun. Uh, but a whole lot of nothing uh, at this moment. Alright, sounds good. Alright, Livy, you're up. I want to take a field trip to Nullsec. Come on, Pogi, let's go. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Livy, um, co-host here, do some gaming, Resident Evil right now, Destiny. That's about it. And I am Pokey Draven. I obviously help host the show, and I have also been playing Resident Evil 2 Remake with Livy. It's fantastic, but we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. So while we wait for Zell to uh, defrost from his, looks like it's 18 degrees with snow showers in Chicago right now. Which Dude, is- it's no joke. It's getting cold that way overnight, I think. Yeah. Wind chills are absolutely mental right now. I think I saw. I think Jadik Menaheim actually linked something in the uh, in our Discord that was like, wind chills are like in the negative forties and fifties in some parts of the country. It's absolutely crazy right now. Yeah, no, that's it's wild. I remember. I mean, I lived in Minnesota for for a good portion of my life, and we had like negative forty wind chills. But like, Chicago was terrible because it's um, it's uh. You know, it's so windy there. And he's back, he thought out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be like negative 50-ish um, this week. And I, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's ever been that cold with wind chill here, like, in my lifetime. So I don't know. Is everything closed? Do I still have to go to work? I don't know yet. I guess Dude, I'll find out. I hope not, because I think the Jadik was saying the cold killed his car batter, so maybe you can get out of doing some work. That's kind of the deciding factor. If my car starts, I'll go to work. Otherwise, uh, and stay home with the kids. <laughs> I, I mean, like, the realistic thing is, I can do my job from home. Do they so know that? They know that, but Damn it. I'm still really supposed to go to work. But, you know, the thing is, like, if I if I really need to, I could just stay home. Might like, happen. It's like I can work from home or I could come in and maybe die. So which do you prefer? And like we're, we're probably gonna need you to come in actually, Zal. I mean it's it's worth the risk. It's a it's a loss we're willing to take if it comes to that. Anyway, so let's get started with some topics here. Or, or Zell, did you want to do an introduction aside from your, your chili uh, intro? I am Zell and I am cold. There you go. That's why I, I wasn't expecting much, so you know it's it's all the same here. Alright, so moving along, we got some uh so Livy, Livy pulled this one up, and it it's kind of an interesting thought. So, as you know, Disney is launching their uh, streaming service, but they apparently have like an ongoing contract with Netflix to release certain films on Netflix through 2019. And it's a little unclear right now if that contract is going to hold up, if they're going to maintain it, or whatnot. But if it if it stays on track and they don't cancel that contract, we should actually be getting The Incredibles 2 on Netflix towards the end of the month uh, this year, which is exciting because I never went and saw The Incredibles 2, and I, I wanted to see it but just never got around to it. So that's that's kind of cool. I got my fingers crossed. Hopefully it'll happen. It's a, it's a good movie. Um, but yeah, so, some of these contracts can stick around a long time. Like, uh, you know, I've... Um, I've got the the DC Universe sh- um, uh, service, and the thing that's always kind of disappointing is how little there is on it because they've given these rights out to all these other, you know, other sites and services that they ne- don't necessarily have back yet. Yeah, because I think I think there was a couple other Marvel films that were also going to be on Netflix that kind of made me tilt my head and go, hmm, I thought the Disney would would snatch those up, so. You know, who knows what's written in the fine print on those. But uh, I think after this year, it's pretty safe to say you won't be seeing a lot of that kind of content outside of Disney service because they're probably going to try to hit this market you know, like a storm. 
A winter storm? A winter storm in Chicago. <laughs> Maybe they're just kind of like, if we only have so many uh, films we can take and put on Netflix, we're going to pick the best ones. Because, I mean, Incredibles 2, I, was, I think it was just more shocked that it was actually ready to start streaming already. Or maybe I'm just that out of touch on how long it came out ago. Um, partly that, and partly that um, they've they've really pushed the release window up to, um, you know, after they pull a movie out of theaters to get it into streaming services for, like, video on demand, and then uh, a couple weeks after that to get it out to Blu-ray. Because if people forget about, like, the movie, it's, like, they, ha- they have to c- contractually reserve it for the theater for so long, but there's a big risk that if they wait too long, people won't really care when it comes out. That's desk. true. Yeah. And it's, it came out June 15th last year, so it's been, like, you know, oh, yeah. like wow. six, seven months, so it's been a while. Yeah, I've just been what? out of touch. Really? <laughs> right. Yeah. Huh. I mean, Google doesn't lie, right? It's on the internet. It must be true. Wow. But anyways, yeah, that, that, I'm pretty hyped for that one. That should be good because, you know, usually kids' movies are not ones that I'm I'm jumping to to spend fifteen thousand dollars on to, to go to the theater or whatever it costs these days. So uh, it'll be good to kind of pick that one up and and. But for an go. Incredibles movie, you should be. Ah, oh, jeez, I, I I couldn't even afford to keep up with all the freaking Marvel crap, and that's like more in my my bracket. So. It's rough, man. It's rough. It's, it's like games. You can't keep up with them these days. It's terrible. That's true. Someday I'm going to finish Mass Effect Andromeda and, and Rise <laughs> of the Tomb Raider. Not, does, the, not the most recent Tomb Raider. The last. <laughs> the previous one. But does the windshield make your face tired? Um, You know, it, it has. it's actually not that bad today. Like, it's it's been mostly like 30. I mean, there's been freezing rain and I had to scrape like a layer of ice off the top of my car before I could leave work. But like the 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 actual cold that that's like it snowed today it's actually snowing now and that that means it's not very cold because the reality is is when it's cold in chicago it can't snow it's too cold to snow Uh, that's in a couple days i I don't i don't miss living in the midwest at all like it's a beautiful area of the country but it's the winters too brutal i'll take the heat any day but anyway so back on topic here so we talked about this actually like a long time ago and I kind of forgot about it. I thought it had already happened, but as you're aware, PlayStation plus is kind of the premium subscription service for PlayStation. You have to have it to play a lot of online features in games. Some, some online games don't require, but most do. So if you're playing multiplayer games on PlayStation, you most likely are paying for this service. Um, but one of the other additional benefits is that every month they come out with a you know, a couple freebie games for PS4, PS3, and the Vita. And they are finally going to actually be canceling the Vita and the PS3 portion of that benefit. So moving forward from March 8th and beyond, you'll only be able to get new PS4 titles um, for the service. If you've already picked up titles where you you own them through through the service or whatever, so for PS3 or Vita, you can still access them. You still have you still own the rights to them as long as you're a member. Um, they just won't be adding new titles as they move forward. So, you know, it's a at this point like how the age of the PS4, it's like if you're still playing PS3 games, and, and no one bought a Vita except for me. So, um, how many more new titles are the they uh, like how many titles are them there for them to give you at this point? The, you, you know what they should really do for like the month of, of March or whatever, for like the last PS3 game? I'm just throwing this out here for an idea for Sony. They should make Dust 514 free. It'll be a big hit. People can, people can log in and... You need to stop. They can listen to the music Cease. And, and sob into a pillow like an ex-girl. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that, that's kind of a bummer. I mean, I the Vita ones I picked up every once in a while just because, like I said, who owns a Vita and no one makes games for it, so whatever freebies you could get was nice because you didn't want to spend money on it. But uh, it's a bit of a shame, but at the same time, it's kind of like it's been a while. And when there's already talk of the PlayStation 5 maybe debuting next year, um, it, it makes sense, you know. The Wii's cutting off this week, too, I believe. They're, uh, the, they're sh- like shutting down the whole online service completely. Wait, for the OG Wii? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean... More people probably play that than the Wii U, I imagine. So, <laughs> I mean, hey, I like uh, the Wii U. Uh, the Switch is kicking ass, though. Like, it's I think it's outsold like everything this generation at this point. That's that's that true. Surprise and the, me. The the reality is is the the Wii um the the Switch 
basically can do everything the Wii U can do except for play discs. Um, and, and does it pretty well. I'm like, there's, there's still like the thing that I want to see. And honestly, this is what would get me to buy a switch. Cause I don't own one yet is there are releases that they did for the Wii U that there's no reason that I cannot buy for the switch other than they haven't like decided to put them on a cartridge and sell them. Um, they did some really great uh, remasters of the Legend of Zelda titles for the Wii U, and like nobody got to try them because you know they're on a Wii U and nobody bought one. So I I don't like know why they haven't come out yet for for Switch. They'll 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 find a way. They'll they'll slip it in between Zelda releases just to kind of keep the the juices flowing. I think they were kind of like we're going to like really focus on Breath of the Wild. It was, it was Breath of the Wild like a. Was that like a Wii U Switch combo, or was that Switch yes. only? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I have Breath of the Wild for the Wii U. It was actually, um, the game was designed for the Wii U. Um, it just took too long. Uh, that's, that's actually impressive, because like, the Switch is, is no joke. The Wii U is kind of like, I mean, it's last gen, right? But that game is awesome. Like, it's, it's really impressive. So I, I'm surprised they actually were able to pull it off on a Wii U. I mean, the, the thing is, you have to bear in mind, the Switch is not, you know, like, they, it's decently powerful for what it is but it is you know they took a desktop or a, a console form factor and they said okay let's let's get this thing you know this has to be efficient enough for people to take it on the go and run on a battery pack that doesn't weigh a backpack so i, I mean they're not it's not like the, this thing is comparable hardware wise to um you know your your other generation consoles you know it it is it's a step up from a ds but it's it's not super super powerful and it's probably more or less a match for the wii u in terms of uh actual power gotcha okay i didn't know that yeah i just i know that you you see so many third parties come over to do a version of like modern games on the switch i assumed it was just quite a bit beefier than the wii u because i i never owned a wii u but uh i am modern's relative most of these titles are coming out are a few years old before they've been ported yeah i mean but like they got like doom 2016 on it and actually runs really well it's kind of absurd but i I guess it's fair that it's still a couple years old anyways moving along here so uh a few weeks ago i was both me livy and a friend of ours were involved with the anthem uh, closed beta test and we we played on PC and I won't get too deep into my thoughts on on what it was but it was it was in short I said it was a well constructed game but it wasn't particularly exciting and enthralling I wasn't really gripped by it um, so I wasn't I haven't been too excited about it I, it's got elements that I would like in the game like the RPG stuff is is really cool looking um, but it didn't really grab me and then the, the threat of it getting you know EA because EA is the publisher. Um, it kind of left me with this. I'm going to just give it some space for a couple months after launch and see how it goes. Uh, and that was the closed beta. So this last weekend, they had a VIP demo, which was basically um, um, Bioware invited a bunch of influencers, YouTubers, that sort of thing, to get in there, give it a shot, um, and kind of play around, basically to hype the game, right? Um, in prep for an open demo, which is coming this weekend, this coming weekend. Um, and so people were kind of playing around with it and it was a bit more robust than, uh, the closed beta. The closed beta was like limited to like a single mission, um, a small section of the hub social area, not social area, like story area in like uh, one of the four javelin uh, classes. I think this was a little more robust. Obviously I wasn't, um, part of that cause I'm not exactly in the Anthem scene, so I didn't get an invite, but, um, people have been kind of reviewing this, giving it a shot. So apparently the whole thing was plagued with like horrible disconnect issues. Like people were stuck in loading screens for like ever. Um, And it was, it was really, really messy. Um, But once people got in, they seemed to to generally like it pretty well. Um, Some complaints about uh, some of the controls can get a little wonky. Sometimes Uh, a lot is happening on screen. Like the game is beautiful. It's got lots of crazy effects and explosions, that sort of thing. A little too much sometimes. Uh, one one YouTuber was kind of complaining that he couldn't see what was going on half the time because too much stuff was blowing up on screen. Um, and that's actually a complaint I have about Destiny sometimes too, like in the, in the PvP where there's so much crap happening, you can't even see what you're shooting at, um, which is one of those things they can probably tone down later, right? But yeah, apparently the, the, the connectivity issues were, were really, really bad. 
Um, and usually for this sort of thing, I kind of give developers somewhat of a pass because the whole point of usually these big open tests are to stress test their servers and that sort of thing. So I kind of expect it to break. That's kind of the purpose of, of doing it. Um, but you can tell that BioWare is very acutely aware of the current state of things, particularly following Fallout 76, because they like came out like right away with this whole like letter with a list of like, here are all the known issues here, exactly how we're going to fix them. They're all going to be fixed before the open test on this weekend. Like you can tell that they are in, in today's climate, you cannot release a, you know, quote unquote demo and have it run like shit and then release the game, you know, three, four weeks later. So, you know, it, it's interesting. And then I'm, I'm just kind of curious your guys' thoughts, like, for this sort of thing, when you get the game coming out in a few weeks, um, I'm not sure the exact date here, I'll look it up in a second, but, you know, do you expect them to be running smoothly if they're calling it a demo, or is that the wrong language, or, or what do you guys think? Demos should run smoothly. That should be, this is what you're going to get when you buy the game. Yeah, so like... Pretty much. I mean, that's like dev speak right there. <laughs> like, when I think of demo, bro, like, I'm, you know, I'm going to the store, like the PlayStation store, for example, or the Xbox store, and I'm clicking on the little thing that says demo. And what that means is that they've cut out a 20-minute mission from the final game exactly how you're going to encounter it in the final product and they're putting that on the store and they say here you can download this shit for free and try out my game it, I don't, it shouldn't be bug riddled uh, by by any means but I mean I guess it's kind of hard to do that with a with an MMO kind of thing like they got going on here but still well I mean you, you don't <laughs> developers use the public as free testing because it's free, but you can still stress test stuff. I mean, if you're willing to pay for it. So, I mean, they're, it's not like they don't have options. It's just, you know, on what scale can they actually roll out testing like this? But, you know, like I said, if they were calling it like a stress test, it's more, more forgivable. Calling it a demo is probably poor language. Um, and it's, it's always tough because normally in now in today's day and age, they just call it a beta to go, oh, well, it's beta. It's fine. I mean, that's what Fallout 76 did, right? They released a beta two weeks before launch and, you know, a beta. And it was it was a demo of the final game. Um, and they call this one a demo. And it's like, well, you should forgive some issues because it's not a demo. Um, it, man, you just wish shit would work better nowadays. You know, yeah. it's it's. It's frustrating. I mean, you look back at when they didn't have the ability to patch stuff. When whatever shipped on the <laughs> cartridge was what you had. And you, you've got glitches in Mario games that persist because that's what shipped. There was no redo, you know. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's probably cheaper to be able to fix it after the fact and meet deadlines. But man, like so, some of these, these stories coming out of this, beta, uh, this demo are are pretty bad um and hopefully they get them fixed because I, I i do want to give the game another shot um probably on console this time to kind of see how it performs um like on playstation i played it on pc and the controls were, were really difficult to handle um it seemed like a lot of the flight controls were built for uh, a controller and not a mouse which you know it's not too uncommon they build for console and then kind of port to pc so i kind of want to give it a shot i want to try the other classes honestly 99% chance of no matter what I see in the open demo, it's not going to make you buy this game on launch. Um, I'm actually probably more interested in Division 2 right now, just kind of what I'm seeing of that. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's one to keep an eye on at the very least. I think it has the potential of being really good, but a lot of games are like that these days. So it's, it's definitely not one I would recommend pre-ordering. But, you know, at the very least, you can give the demo a shot and kind of see what it's all about. So that's coming out, I think, God, hold on, February 5th. Let me look. That soon, or is no no the, the the game's coming out February twenty second. But oh. I'm looking the uh the demo days are. Let me see here. What this? It's not this weekend, isn't it? I think it's this weekend. Oh, so it's what February first through what maybe the fourth? Yeah, that sounds right. You can tell I'm very prepared here, but yeah, it, it's it's yeah. this weekend, so yeah, you know, it's probably starting on Friday. Um, and then we're about a month away for a little yeah three three four weeks away from the launch, so. You know, I wouldn't expect a lot of changes um, post what you see here. Maybe some optimization, hopefully connectivity issues. But, 
Yeah, you know, overall, the reception is mostly positive, but it's certainly not coming out as a perfect work of art by any means. So, you know, I'd keep an eye on it, but, you know, my recommendation is, is to buy a hold off for now. Well, hopefully those people felt a sense of pride and accomplishment as they played their Ho- game. Hopefully. Uh, well, the thing is, like, it would suck if this thing flops, because I think EA might just kill Bioware and be done with it at that point, you know, because they obviously flopped with uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, and, and this is a much bigger budget, I think, and it could it could be really bad if it doesn't do well. Yeah. But I think it, it has a couple of things going for it right now. Um, it's not Fallout 76, so there's that. There's a, there's a low bar. There's a low bar, yes. Yeah, I mean, the bar is low, but I mean, the bar is set nonetheless. I, I think it'll be interesting to see, um, because I think Division 2 comes out in the middle of March, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. So it, yep, it'll March 15th. Okay, yeah. So it, it'll be really interesting to see how those two games um, stack up against each other. Um, I, I think that I think that the Anthem has the potential to, to come out ahead of the division um just in terms of uh, just because people i i think want to give bioware a chance after the clusterfuck that was mass effect andromeda um and i i I really don't know how people are 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 really feeling about division two because i i don't think division the the first division was necessarily executed in the greatest of ways um but we'll see. Yeah, Division, it kind of had a similar story to, not actual plot, but it had a similar development story to, you know, like Destiny, where it started off really rough. Um, I dropped off probably about halfway through its its path to improvement. Um, but, you know, from what I've heard, it actually ended up being a pretty solid title towards the end of its life cycle. And it kind of got to a point where they were comfortable with going, okay, we're done with this we're going to start working on, on the sequels of the game. Um, and it, it's encouraging in this is, in this is it might be hard to pull, you know, people back in, but what I like is a lot of the beefs I had with the way division one was handled. They've talked about pretty extensively in things like when they're talking about the second game, like we know this is an issue. This is what we've done to fix it. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. You know, they go, this was also a problem. This is what we've done to fix it. So it, they've kind of gone through systematically and, and really pinpoint a lot of the friction points that, you know, I personally felt were a big problem. So I think that they're fairly well in tune with what they needed to do um, to, to kind of improve that experience. So, you know, who knows? Um, I think that's got a, I think next weekend is the uh, limited beta for Division 2. And if you sign up, you have a chance to get in. If you pre-order, you have a guaranteed, you know, you'll, you'll get in for sure. Um, I might pre-order it on Amazon just so I don't have to you know, pay for it or anything like that and then give it a shot. If I'm really not enthused by it, I'll probably cancel the pre-order. But uh, right now, as it stands, without actually getting hands-on, it looks pretty good to me. Um, but we'll have to see how it goes. You know, it, it's. It was like I was talking to Livy earlier. It's 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 tough when there's so many games that are like the gaming as a service model. Like I've already got Destiny on on my plate. You know. Um, and that's kind of got some cool stuff coming up. Um, and then you've got Anthem, you've got Division. It's Play impossible. all the games yeah, all this, the this, time. There's no all way. It, it's kind of like and you have to keep up with all the events. Oh, jeez. I, I tried with Monster Hunter World for the longest time. I was like, okay, <laughs> you guys have the best value product I've seen in years, but I cannot keep up with all this content. Um, you know, so it's it's kind of like an MMO. You only have one MMO. Like you, you can't do more than one if you like have a job or a life. Um, these gaming as a service type games are kind of the same thing. It's like you pick like one, maybe two, but they're designed to basically suck up as much time as possible to keep you playing. Um, I'm a little burnt out on it, to be honest. Like I, I might kind of take a step back from from hitting them so hardcore because playing like Resident Evil 2, like a single player game, like was really refreshing just to kind of like step back and have a really curated um, experience like that. But uh, we'll talk about that one in a bit. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, we'll see how it goes. So I'm, I'm looking forward to giving Division 2 a shot and see how that goes. But uh, we'll definitely let you know what we think of the, uh, the beta once we get our hands on it. So we actually haven't mentioned Fortnite in a while, but <laughs> it's, it's kind of interesting. So, if you've never played Fortnite, you know Battle Royale or the Save the World, you know co-op zombie campaign, it's pretty core that when you are playing, you get 
you know, these pinatas basically. And you can, of course, buy the pinatas or you can earn the pinatas, but the pinatas, uh, unsurprisingly, are filled full of loot. And you basically take a, a shovel or an axe and beat the shit out of the pinata, and then cards pop out, which are weapons or characters or skins, whatever. Um, and that was kind of the primary means for them to make money was to sell these loot pinatas. And you know my opinion of loot boxes. I don't care for them so much. But um, Epic has said that they are removing blind loot boxes because uh, they are basically concerned that it's encouraging underage gambling. Because um, obviously they had that, that study come out in the UK where, you know, ever since kind of the advent of a lot of these loot boxes, like childhood gambling is like spiked through the roof. Um, and I think Epic kind of went, oh shit. And I'm, I'm not sure if it's from a moral perspective or they got a little spooked from a legal perspective because Europe is looking at this stuff pretty hard. I mean, obviously it's illegal in some countries to have loot boxes in your game. So what they have done now is they haven't removed loot boxes per se, but instead of just, you know, getting a pinata that you just smash open and get a random, you know, uh, assortment of stuff, you can have like x-ray vision now. So the pinatas are, are clear in a sense in that you pull the pinata and it goes, hey, if you want to buy this pinata, it's got like these six items in it and you have a chance to get these items when you break it open. If you don't like those items, you can just say, I'm not going to buy that one today. You wait till the next day. And the new pinata will be up with different stuff in it. So you can kind of choose what you want to actually gamble on rather than just randomly getting something from a loot pool. And it gives a little more agency to the person buying it. So they aren't removing loot boxes per se, but they are trying to make it a little more deterministic in what you're actually kind of, you know, spinning the wheel for, which, you know, it, would it get someone like me to buy loot boxes? Eh, maybe my, my gripe was usually not being able to have a tight loot pool and I liked being able to know at least I know what I'm shooting for rather than the whole gambit of everything they have that season but um you know I'm, I'm curious how it'll work out for them obviously they have they aren't hurting for money I think Olivia you said they made like over four billion dollars last year Jesus Profit. yeah so I mean like you know this obviously isn't going to hurt them in a substantial way if, if it doesn't go over perfectly well but i think it does kind of give them a, a little bit better pr and might shield them a bit from uh any potential legislation coming from different countries over loot boxes it's a it's a good strong position for them to be in to be leading the market into a new direction if it works out as well um but uh yeah no like for me i you know that's better but i probably like i just want to buy stupid stuff yeah i'm with you right man. like if I'm going to spend 10 bucks for clothes on some stupid character in a game, I want to at least pick what I'm wearing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always my thing. Is it's like, I don't like gambling in general. And so, you know, when I, I do loot boxes, it's, it's like, it's great when you get something you like. It's like the worst feeling in the world when you don't. And it, it's it's fun for like Destiny 2. Like you, you get loot boxes fairly regularly. Um you can probably get like nine if you have, if you're running with three characters you get like nine of them a week very quickly with minimal effort you know when you open one of those up you didn't pay for it, but you get something cool it's exciting have i ever bought a loot box in destiny 2 not really um i think i bought like five bucks worth early on because if you bought like a pack they gave you like an extra freebie one and i just sure why not but other than that it just doesn't it doesn't excite me so it's like i'm spending money on something that I'm probably not going to want because most of the stuff in the loot table is not something I want. So, you know, it's, I'm with you, man. I, I'd rather just buy it outright. Even if, if I have to pay more for it, I'd rather do that than just, you know, flip a coin and hope I get it and probably end up paying more overall than if I just purchased it outright, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, the thing, the thing is I do like the free, like just free loot boxes is like a thing to, to give you something to, to strive for. Um, you know, I, I definitely enjoy getting uh here's the storm is still where I feel like blizzard got loot boxes, right. And then failed to bring that to, to overwatch, um, where they both let you, um, whether you get it for free or, uh, earn it in game, they let you re-roll loot boxes using another currency, so you can pretty much throw out a loot box for chump change whenever you don't like it. And then the other thing is they do have a very like it's a it's a high rate that you earn loot boxes in Heroes of the Storm. It's really it's really nice. Yeah, I, I think honestly we'll we'll see that model 
evolve over time um, as they try to kind of find a good place to be at. It obviously went really bad direction for a while there, particularly last year, you know, but uh, like you said, it's good that Epic is kind of getting eyes on this and going, "Eh, we're in a pretty good position to kind of lead this market in a better direction and maybe find somewhere in between that, you know, it doesn't piss people off, but they can still kind of benefit from it. So, you know, I hope it works out for them. It doesn't encourage someone like me to buy them, but, you know, if it has the added benefit of, you know, making less kids get addictive tendencies and it's, you know, doesn't, it shows the market that you don't have to be an asshole with loot boxes to actually make money with them. Um, you know, it's a win-win. So hopefully it goes well. So in other Epic news, and I might let you kind of handle these two, Zell, um, regarding the Epic Store and Metro Exodus in its ex- exclusivity contract it has. You know, um, actually, really quick, did we actually talk about the um, the Fortnite PUBG bug thing? Uh, no, I don't know about this. No, I shared it with you. It was the the timing. Oh yes. No, we didn't we talk sh- about that. We should we should talk about it. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, Fortnite go ahead. Is, yeah. So um, there was a story that apparently, um, and, and this has a huge impact because um, of the, all the different platforms and the fact that Fortnite is leading that cross play thing. But um, apparently, the rate that your weapon fires and and actually does damage is is somewhat correlated to the frame rate of your hardware. Why do we keep making games like this? Like we did that shit for PS One. We haven't fixed this problem yet. T- tying in-game stuff to frame rate, like shit. Fall seventy six had the same damn issue that's persisted since the creation engine was made, like a decade ago. Where if you look at your feet, you run faster because there's less frames being rendered. Oh, or more frames. Fuck, I guess. are you serious? Yeah, because you look at your feet, there's less stuff on the screen, right? Because you're looking at your feet and, and not the trees. And so your frame rate spikes, and it allows you to run faster. Is because it was tied. The physics of the game, including movement, were tied to frame rate. Oh my fucking god! A bunch of dumbasses. All of you dumbasses who play Fallout seventy six, can you just look down at the ground and run around everywhere for me? Send me, send me that YouTube video. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll find it for you. But like, on what Zell was saying, the, the fire rate of guns being tied to it. So I think you were saying Zell that you that people were building custom like frame rate throttling programs to throttle the frame rate to the perfect frame rate for each type of gun to optimize the DPS. Yes. Yes. So, so, and now uh, I'm not sure which these are for. So the other thing I should mention here, this is actually not Fortnite specific. It appears to be some sort of issue with the unreal engine itself because PUBG also has this issue apparently. So it's, it's, um, you know, allegedly, uh, Fortnite is so good at copying PUBG. They've copied its bugs too. Um, but, uh, no, it's, but yes. Yeah, so so there, the, the article was talking about that people had had like a mods that would adjust the frame rate of the game based on what weapon they were carrying to like optimize your, your damage, like synced up with the fire rate of the gun. It's the, it's the real reason that, uh, the Nova Alpha got got delayed. They had to fix the fire rate problem. <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> Start working on your hacks now. No, that's that's absolutely absurd. Like, it, it and it's funny that it, it seems to be an intrinsic problem with the engine itself. So it's like, does does Fortnite have to fix it in Unreal and then in turn fix it, like innately fix it for PUBG in the process? Like, is that like an engine I mean, level fix or more a than likely? Of- I mean, That's if you're hilarious. making a, if you're making a first-person shooter, you know, and you're using Unreal, you pretty much just import Unreal's general engine behavior. Um, so more and and presumably, if both of these games have it, then probably other Unreal games would too. And so, yeah, it's probably like an engine level fix thing, and that's just one of those things that uh, when Epic makes engines, that means they're they're going to be helping their competitor too. Oh my god, it, it, this this actually was an issue for Destiny too as well because there's several different weapons in the game that are like a it's like a beam weapon or there's a super that's like a like a beam of energy, and so it does like a continuous stream of damage. Well, they found out that that was also tied to the frame rate. So the, the guns and the supers were doing like way more damage on PC because people were running this shit at like 120 hertz. And so they're like, uh, well, we fixed the problem. Then we had to buff it on console to make the damage higher to match the, what the PC was doing. Um, and it was like and significant. It was like a 30% damage buff because of the frame rate fix. It was so now, nuts. Now think about those poor players on a Switch, which is like locked to 30 FPS. <laughs> 
getting wrecked and wondering why. Oh my gosh. No, I, I don't know enough about game development to know why that's a thing, but it's like, it's, it seems to have been a known issue for like years and it keeps popping I, up I in mean, games that are brand new. There's a, there's a, I read it. It's actually a chapter out of a book, but I read a really good explanation on basically the core game loop code uh, in a game engine where it's basically sitting going, you know, wait for input, update values, render frame, you know, wait for input, update values, render frame. And it's just doing that over and over. So, you know, you've got all of the, all of this is tied into this, that, that loop in terms of what it's displaying, what it's doing and what input it's taking in. Um, so it's, it's not shocking that they got, you know, that it, it can end up in this sort of situation. Uh, it's just, it's just crazy, man. No, it's, it's, that's, that's, that's a, that's a fun one. Um, yeah, hopefully developers can kind of figure out how to not keep doing that eventually. Cause it's been like, like I said, like, like three, four major games, like, you know, in the last year have had this problem. Um, it's just, it's wild. But anyways, uh, so did you want to yeah, cover the, yeah. um, the the Metro Exodus thing for yeah, uh, Epic so, Store? Yeah, um, so Metro Exodus just announced, like, today that uh, they're going uh, Epic Games Store exclusive. And uh, they literally gave, like, Valve, like, 20 hours of notice that they're going to stop selling the pre-orders. Like, because they've been, you know, people have been able to place pre-orders for Metro Exodus on Steam uh, for a while. And now there's a note. Um, up on and and I you know obviously they've said if you bought it on Steam already we're gonna we're gonna follow through with that we'll we'll you know carry it but that they're not gonna be selling anymore after the end of the day that we're recording right now so if you're listening to this show too bad you can't buy it on Steam it's gone um and I guess they're doing like a year exclusivity from release so it's gonna be like February 2020 is when it'll launch on Steam. Um, and, uh, Valve has apparently edited the store page to, uh, make a statement about how unfair, how they think it's unfair and, and that, you know, they know that players had expected Aww, to be able to purchase it on Steam through the, babies. through the release date and this and that. Um, Aww, they're upset that their monopoly is falling apart. It, that it, it just like the the choice to use the word unfair there it just felt a little bit childish well why, why don't you have a why don't you have a, a royalty fee that's the same as epic and then they yeah. would be more than happy to come back to you maybe if they drop their rates by the 18 percent they take but oh, uh, i i mean that's not gonna like they're gonna the thing is is you saw that 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 epic did this and then discord followed and, and yes. you start, and if you have to ask you, and and you know, you're like, why doesn't Steam just lower the rate? It's like because the amount of momentum that they have with that rate, like it's worth it to them to lose a few big titles to keep the comp that much extra, like triple the money coming in from all the different providers who don't think they can make it away from Steam, and, and so they're gonna keep sucking it in as long as they can. And so they literally can't anymore. And then they'll be like, all right, fine. We'll lower our prices. It, it will go until they start losing revenue equal to what they would have made with their, their higher rate, basically. So once they start losing more than they're making from that extra percentage, then they'll switch and, and drop it down. But until then, it's like they're just going to whine about it. And, and, you'll, and you have people that will fervently refuse to play a game that's exclusive to Epic Store because for some reason... It is too much work to download a second launcher to buy a game that you're just going to launch on its own anyways for the same price as what you would have paid on Steam. But I don't know. Maybe it's like a PC gamer thing. I don't, I don't understand. But uh, to, be, to be clear, though, if, if you pre-ordered Metro Exodus on Steam before the cutoff date, um, you will still be able to play it through Steam. And any updates or DLC that are released on the Epic Store will be available to those who had already purchased the game on Steam. So yeah, you're, not, they... you're not screwed. It's just... If you were hoping to get it on Steam and you missed the deadline, then go download Epic Store. Yeah, and and they they did say the DLC you will be able to buy it at the same time. There will be no delays. It'll just be there are no there will be no new purchases of of the game after after today, um, which is is fine by me. I think the the exclusivity thing is as much as it can feel rotten at times. It's 
it's the only way to break the Steam monopoly. If everybody can just buy it on Steam, they're going to keep doing so. And it really hurts a lot of these game companies that could be using this money better ways. And when they announced this, they literally said, we're doing this so that we can invest more, keep more of this money to invest in this game franchise. Yeah, no, I mean, it's people will whine about it, but it's like ultimately it's a positive thing that more money going to developers pockets, you know, in a, in a way that's not going to cost you more money, you know. And then you were also saying that they've got uh, the freebies for this month for the Epic Store. Of course. Um, so, uh, you know, they're they're continuing throughout the entirety of 2019. They've committed to um, giving away a free game every two weeks. And uh, currently we are amidst the uh, Jackbox Party Pack. Um, I think it is the first Party Pack. I think there are technically like five. Um, but uh, the Jackbox Party Pack, of course, headlines with uh, You Don't Know Jack, which is where the game gets its name. And it's got four other little board gamey party game things in there. And uh, that is available until February 7th. So depending on when you watch this, you listen to this, you have a week or less. And um, then uh, starting on February 7th out to February 21st is a game called Axiom Verge. That's a fun game. Well, it's going to be free on the Epic Store. All of you should definitely get that game for free on the Epic Store. That sounds familiar. Let me look it up here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been kind of... I've seen this before, but I, I've obviously never played it. I'll check that out. Download that. And that's from, oh, from the 7th to the 21st. Nice. Okay. Because I don't mind downloading the Epic Launch because it's not that much work to do so. Anyways, um, moving along real quick. Uh, so Activision lawsuits, because I love shit publishers getting shit on. Um, so as you know, Activision Blizzard split with uh, Bungie. Um, and basically, Bungie's going to self-publish the Destiny franchise moving forward, and Activision's going to go their separate ways. Well, they are getting hit with many, many class action lawsuits, basically over the fact that they didn't properly disclose to investors that they were going to be splitting from Bungie. So for several months, people were buying stock into Activision Blizzard and being told, oh yeah, we have all these plans for Destiny in the future when Activision potentially already knew that this split was going to happen. So they were misleading investors and having them invest. And then suddenly stock prices tank because they split and all those people had bought into the stock and of course lost, you know, a potentially good chunk of their investment, like a week later. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a fun one because they are really kind of looking like they're in deep shit over this um, because they didn't properly disclose to their investors. And it's, yeah, no, it's 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 messy, um, and I'm sure Bungie is is glad that they are just away from that, and they've got challenges ahead of them. But you know uh, that that this this looks bad. But I mean, what do you guys think about this? You think uh, you think they did it, or what are your thoughts? I, I I don't know. Like, it's really hard to. I mean, they'll do discovery. They'll probably find an email somewhere. But it's like one of those things. Like, at some point it's going to get announced and at whatever point it gets announced stock's going to tank you know so it's it's just a question of where that line specifically was and how how long they took to announce a decision after they were discussing it yeah but letting people gobble up shares at a high price and going oh it comes out yeah and it was it was the the, the basically the the time frame they're looking at is between August 2nd and January 10th. So it was it was a good chunk of time. This wasn't like a week or two. It was several months where they potentially knew about this and and didn't say anything about it. So, you know, it it it, it could spell pretty bad for Activision Blizzard and they have not had a good year, like not at all. So, we'll kind of see where this this lands them, you know, in the end of things. Uh, so moving along from that real quick, uh, a couple Destiny 2 updates, something crazy. So um, Mayhem Mode is coming back to Crucible. That is, of course, the game mode where uh, you're in PvP and your supers and your abilities recharge at like 10 times the speed, and it's it's absolute chaos. Um, it can be a lot of fun um, for a short period of time, so you know I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, that's running from January 29th till February 5th. And then Crimson Doubles is coming from February 12th until the 19th. That was actually going to be um, starting on the 5th, but they delayed it a week, so it's going to be coming week after next. Um, and that's basically a Crucible game mode where you it's just pairs of two um, fighting each other. But it's, it's it's okay. You know, you get some some 
some exclusive stuff, some shaders. Um, they said that a lot of the rewards this time around are the same as last time, but they did add a few new things. So if you got everything from last time, there is still a reason to play, um, but don't expect like a huge array of new stuff to be coming out for that one. And also there is a new trailer for the Exotic Quest of the Draw, which is starting tomorrow. Um, obviously it's no, no spoiler that it's for the last word, um, hand cannon, which is like my favorite gun in the game. Um, so that starts tomorrow and they had a kind of really cool trailer kind of showing it off in crucible and make sure you watch until the very end because they have a little bit of a teaser for another gun, which, um, is related to the last word, but I won't spoil it for you. Um, but, uh, that will be coming later in the season of the drifter, um, starting in a month or so. So some good stuff for destiny Two. Um, I'll be good to kind of hop on tomorrow and hammer out that quest. Cause like I said, that gun is awesome. But uh, some good stuff on the horizon um, moving into the season of the Drifter for Destiny 2. And the last thing that I wanted to talk about real quick is the Resident Evil 2 remake. So I talked about it uh, last week, played the demo with Livy, thought it was really good. Uh, the game came out, obviously, so we had pre-ordered it, downloaded it right away, and we've been recording, I think, I think we're like on episode like seven or eight of, of the Dungeon Crawl stuff, just hammering out a ton of footage holy shit this game is really really good like way better than i thought it was going to be um it's running on the the resident evil 7 engine but let me tell you like 7 was was cool it was in first person and some really good moments it was a thrilling game but i wouldn't say it was particularly scary resident evil 2 is fucking terrifying like it is a really creepy game and there has been i lost count we're gonna actually have a counter when we do the, when we do the video series of how many times i totally fall for jump scares because I freak out constantly like every episode. It's really, really good. And Livy's having a lot of fun giggling in the corner over here because she knows shit's coming and she can't contain herself because she knows that I'm about to get my ass kicked. Um, and so it, that, and she's freaking out. I'm freaking out because she's freaking out that something happens and we're both freaking out. It's a really, really good experience. Like, um, I, I really have to applaud like how great um, they've used the game space. Like with, I won't go into my rant about open world games, but like the, the, the world of Resident Evil 2 is tiny. Like it's a very, very small, small space. Most of the game takes place in like a single building, right? And you're just like going in and out of rooms within that building and backtracking and collecting keys and figuring out puzzles that open a new door to a new room. And that kind of opens up new branches in the building. It is so dense and tightly populated with content that it's fantastic you have this kind of like uh dark uh, dark souls moment where you, you you finally like get through this whole thing and you finally open this locked door and you're like oh i'm back in the opening area and you realize how well designed this is spatially and how well it connects together it's a really really fun experience and you know i can see why people were crazy about this game when it came out because it's, it's really really good um i obviously haven't finished it yet um, we're still working on it but uh Lily, what have you thought about it so far, coming from the perspective of someone who has played the original game? Um, you think the map is small, you just haven't seen the rest of it yet. <laughs> but no, it's it's good. Um, they change, oh my god, they change things, but in a good way. And I can't even give away what those things are, but some wonky um, elements of, say, some of the beginning intro that was well, when we were younger, I didn't care about it. But now I'm just like, wow, that plays really bad. They fixed that and they know, <laughs> I think they knew people were going to be like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Um, so I've enjoyed so far watching you crap your pants over things. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for you to finish it. Yeah, so I, I got to share a story. I'm not going to spoil what it was, but what happened is um, we weren't watching the file space on the disc we were recording to. And so we actually recorded two episodes um, and it didn't record because we're out of disk space. And so we're like, shit. And they were like, okay, I won't spoil anything, but there is a mechanic in the game, which I'll call a timer. And it really encourages you to keep moving and like really like keep moving. Otherwise it's not going to end well for you. And in these two episodes, I encountered the timer and it was, it was really good. And some really unexpected things happened and I really freaked out and we lost that footage. And I was like, shit. So we'll, I said, okay, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll re-record it and I'll just, I guess, try to pretend that I'm, I'm startled by this. 
And so we re-record and we get to the part where I got startled the first time. I'm like, okay, here we go. And then it didn't happen. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I'm like, wait. And he didn't believe me because I told him that shit changes. No, no, no. That's scripted. No, no, no. Yeah, no, it's it's not scripted. Like, because like, what happened the first time seems so scripted. Like, it's the kind of thing that would happen scripted in a game. And I'm waiting for it. And I'm more freaked out by the fact that it didn't happen than I am by the fact that it happened in the first place. So now I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm like, okay, maybe it was just a fluke. Maybe maybe the next time this thing happens, I'm going to freak. Nope, that one didn't happen either. So I'm like, I'm really freaking out now. And then when something else happened, it was totally different. I lost my shit. Um, it was fantastic. So like even just you know loading up a previous save to go through it again it was a different experience. Um, and that was fantastic. You know, like you don't normally see that, um, particularly not like in, in older games. And you said it was like that in the first game as well on, on PlayStation. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm a little fuzzy. There was, I played it probably three times and each time you went and did certain scenes, things kind of changed or didn't happen when it did last time. So I don't know how they did it back then. Cause that seems really high level for a PlayStation one, but um, yeah, no, that it was, it was, it was very surprising. Yeah, no, that's uh, it was, it was really good. So, so you, I'm almost say what episode it was that I'm going to spoil it, but there was, there is an episode that I was going to pretend to be scared because I thought I knew it was going to happen and completely got caught off guard. So um, yeah, that was really good. So I'm really looking forward. We're actually going to probably play some more after we finish with, up at the show here, but uh, Resident Evil 2 so far is shaping up to be absolutely fantastic. Um, well worth your time. Even if you've never played it before, even if you've played it before, they've changed enough in it that it still feels fresh. Um, and it just, it's a fantastic game. So we'll do a full proper review on it, probably as a separate video, not part of the podcast, but uh, really, really good experience. So I'm looking forward to more of that. Was there anything else you guys wanted to cover before we go into shoutouts? Take that as a no. So my shout out goes to Bethesda because I've got to take a crap on Fallout 76 at least once an episode. So my shout out goes to Bethesda's horrific $276 blue leather Fallout 76 jacket. Go Google it wait, right now. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. It wasn't made of made of uh, leather and like was like some cheapy plasticky knockoff uh it, it says made of leather i don't think anyone's actually bought in it because if you google it like do it right now you'll know why no one has bought this because it is like the most it god-awful looks, ugly thing you've ever seen looks like shit well no one's ordered it to tell us if it's actually made of the material that they said it is it, it, it does, does come in a nylon bag though like no shit it comes with a <laughs> nylon bag <laughs> So a canvas coat and a nylon bag. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No, seriously, like like if you're listening to this, like just pause the video, just go Google Fall 76 leather jacket and just just gag. Like like if anyone walked into anywhere wearing this thing, someone would just beat the shit out of them for just being visually offensive to the eye. It is so ugly. Um it, it, so after all of this, Bethesda's like, well, let's just release a, a fucking ugly jacket. Why not? We'll see if we get one sucker to buy it. They got to recoup that cost. Like, who who thought this was going to be something someone would want? Like, it's not even like, you know, the rum. Like, it actually has something you can consume. It's shitty rum, but let's say at least it's got rum in it. It's like, it's a jacket that no one will ever wear outside ever because it's so ugly. If you do wear Anyways. it outside, you probably deserve to be beat up. Like, just saying. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that's that's not good. Nope. But I, if, I, I've been told that if you look at your feet while wearing it, you can actually walk faster. So, um, okay, okay, <laughs> I'm I, done. I, I, wa- I want someone to order this though, because I want to know like if it's if it's actually leather or if it's like paper, like painted. You should do it, Zell. Do it for science. No, do it for no, us. no. It, it'll be episode two hundred forty-four. Zell bought the jacket. <laughs> Can we can we make a petition to Bethesda and like you know be like hey we're a uh, can we get a review yeah can we get can we get one of these for review I mean we're we're, we're a podcast you know we yeah, we love your product. we know you love your influencers leg- more than we, your actual consumers a a legitimate media outlet.
We are legitimate. Damn right we are. We have press passes for one one company, but we're getting there. The, we're getting the there. Most, the fest is next up. It's the most prestigious event that that company throws. It's true. They'll be they'll be begging for anyone to be sure <laughs> that says anything nice. Like we will send you a jacket under the under the, the contingency that you have to say something good about it. I'd be like, well, it looks good with my eyes, I guess. I mean, it's hideous, but it, it matches. Like, sure. Okay, that's all I had. But yeah. Um, so shout out. Um, so this week I bought some uh, new windshield wiper fluid. And it proudly proclaims that it melts ice and that it works down to negative 27 degrees. And my first thought was, well, we're going to find out this week. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if it works. Just stay warm or we'll have to send you a, a fallout jacket to keep you warm there. All right. It doesn't, even, it doesn't even look like it would do that all that well. <laughs> that is not a warm jacket. That it, is not a it, jacket you can wear in Chicago. That is a jacket that might keep you warm in a chilly day in Los Angeles. But, but Zell, no one is going to mug you and steal your jacket because they're going to want it in Chicago. Maybe more like West Virginia. Uh, it do, okay. just doesn't even look like leather. Like it looks, it's probably, it looks like it says it's like lambskin, but I'm like, no, what did you it looks like that shit that like a kid's rain boot is made out of. They probably, they probably intended to use leather, but then it just turned out to be too expensive. Well, well, some, there, there there was like a Twitter storm around this because of course there was, and people started posting pictures of like, they found like a blue trash bag (laughs) and like scribbled 76 on it with a Sharpie and we're like, uh, the uh, actual product doesn't match the description. <laughs> so yeah, there's 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 so many seventy six oh bag memes God. now for the blue bag memes that you should. It's it's a fucking shit show. It's oh, beautiful. The nylon bag looks like a body bag. Yeah, they're gonna put you in after you commit fashion murder. Oh my God, it does look like a body bag. What? Okay. Fucking love All right. Bethesda. Next thing will be a full full power suit armor made out of coffee cans. All right, bait your shout. Oh out. my god, somebody do that. Um, yeah. So my shout out uh, to uh, Bethesda, my my favorite game company. Um, also, uh, I've been in the market and I, I bought a keyboard for my desktop and it wasn't backlit. Let me tell you what, that was a mistake. So backlit keyboards, backlit are the best. keyboards are the best. And what I like about my other keyboard though, it's not clacky. And I understand that people really like clacky keyboards. Fucking hate that. No, those people are stupid. People are and stupid. They, no, I agree. like, and, and what's great um, is, and I, I thankfully don't work with anybody who does this, but like sometimes people bring their mechanical keyboards into work if they you're, type a lot, and they'll bring like a clicky yeah, you're keyboard. You're a bad person. And I'm pretty sure that those people just get murdered because that is the worst, most annoying sound in the world. And and um. If you don't know keyboards, it's like if you get a mechanical keyboard, um, usually you're actually paying attention to what switch that they use in the keys, and they tend to be defined by colors, and kind of the standards are like your reds or your browns, and I, I think I have a brown, and then uh, your green and your blue are the more clickier types. The blues like the super clicky ones, um, and and it's just awful. They're just 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 awful. But yeah, no, you need a you need a real backlit keyboard. Uh, mine does this cool thing where it does like a color pattern out from whatever key I touched last. And if I'm typing a bunch of stuff, it just does like rainbow colors all over the place. And That would annoy the shit out of me. But I ordered one from Amazon. Uh, I ordered this, uh, where's the fucking manual? Corsair fucking K55. So it's got all the RGB shit. It's really pretty, oh, yeah. really yeah. pretty keyboard. Um, I think I have like a K95. Oh, perfect. A and it's not it's super clacky either. It's kind of clacky, but it's not like I'm going to reach through the microphone and uh, front hand back you say, slap you. So, Which which switches does it have? Do you know? Fuck, I don't know, bro. I don't know how to tell. The box. It should say, it, it's like the, the biggest thing on the description should be like what, whether they're, what, uh, MX whatever switches or something like that. Macro, like premium cherry switches. Volume shit. Fuck, man. I don't know. Backlit mode. I don't, yeah, I don't fucking know, bro. I don't really care. Um, it's not, all, all that I care about is it's not super goddamn clacky. Good stuff. All right, Libby, close it up. What's your shout out? All right, so there is, and I don't know how far along it is, but an animated Mortal Kombat movie coming out. Uh, and someone was having fun with animating 
Michael Fassbender as Raiden. And it it is magnificent. I'm going to have to share it with you guys. But it says rumored to be in the works. So I'm not sure yet. But yeah, my shout out was between that and all the foreign food objects that have ended up on our food in the past year. So Wait, what? (laughs) I just saw an article in the past. It's like there is wood in chicken nuggets. There's metal in our sausages and... Uh, oh yeah, sorbet has metal in it too. I think every food item is just going to have a, a a little piece of foreign. I I mean that's how it. you that's how you get your minerals. It's like iron, you, it you need iron for diet. There it is. <laughs> right? Iron fiber contamination. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yay! Ah, uh, so basically, you can't eat anything anymore. Is what you're saying? You can't. Okay, so even we have- Jimmy Dean's not safe. God, rest in peace. All right. That's our show, guys. I want to thank you for tuning in. As always, if you want to be on the show or want us to cover any particular topics, head over to biomass.net. Give us a, give us a ring. But that being said, have a nice week, and we'll see you next time. Bye.